Hello and welcome back to Gentle Man, redefining manhood in the 21st century. My name is Arjuna, I'm your host. Today, I want to talk about the concept of being man enough. This is something you hear fairly often. Well, if you've just been man enough, or are you man enough to come and get this? Or are you man enough to go do that? It's a weird phrase just on the face of it. And I think it betrays an awful lot about this horrible patriarchal ideal that men are supposed to exist in. I want to start with the second part of the phrase enough, because it's the really cutting part of this idea of being man enough. For a moment, I want to cut out the man part and let's just talk about the enough. So if somebody just were to ask you, are you enough? It's an existential question. It's really at the root of a lot of insecurity that people have. When you think about what people are worried about, what their concerns are about who they are and their character and what they're capable of, oftentimes it comes down to whether they feel whatever enough, whether it's smart enough, attractive enough, rich enough, skilled enough, experienced enough, interesting enough. Oftentimes, when people are feeling bad about an area of their life, they're having this feeling of I'm not enough in that area. Maybe I'm not producing enough work. I'm not producing enough money. I'm not getting enough gigs. I'm not going on enough dates. There's this feeling of scarcity, of lacking. It's really the vector along which so much suffering happens, and it's the vector along which so much compensation happens. A lot of times when you see someone displaying an excessive behavior, a behavior that you feel like has gone too far, or it's like an ugly extreme of something, it's often somebody trying to compensate for this feeling of not being enough in one or more areas of their life. It's a deep wound that a lot of people carry around. When you marry it to the concept of somebody's manhood, boy, this is where it starts to get really painful. Men are already walking around with an incredible amount of pain and shame, which is beaten into them through physical abuse from boys and other men their entire lives. The idea of whether you are in fact a man or whether you deserve to be called a man is is called into question so often in a man's life. It's used as a kind of yardstick for how competent you are or basically how enough you are in many areas of your life. It's often conflated with courage. Are you man enough to go and ask that person out on a date? It comes up a lot in fights and confrontations. Are you man enough to come and take me on? Are you man enough to stand up to me, to raise your voice? There's this idea that when you are man enough, you're summoning a certain amount of manliness, a certain amount of whatever qualities people are equating with manhood. And it does this damaging thing where it puts the question of someone's manhood to the test. It calls into question somebody's manhood. There's something really deeply damaging about this. It is my deep belief that if you identify as a man, you're a man. Done. End of discussion. 
Your gender identity is not something that you have to earn by proving to somebody else. It's not something that you have to complete a gauntlet for. In my opinion, it shouldn't be, really, I think is what it comes down to. So often it is in the eyes of society, in the eyes of any given person that you're talking to, there are these, these yardsticks that people use to measure this. But I don't really think that's what it's about, and I don't think that's what it should be about. The idea that someone could question your very notion of your gender based on some diminished notion, some tiny sliver of what somebody considers is normative for that gender is just ridiculous. And it's demeaning. It's demeaning to everybody involved. The idea that summoning a particular kind of swagger or a particular kind of courage or a particular notion of entitlement or a particular way of, of being able to show up to somebody else, especially another man, or maybe uh, treating a woman in a sexist way. None of this should have any bearing on which gender you get to claim. And I think this goes for all genders. You know, if someone's saying you have to exhibit this trait or that trait in a certain quantity to qualify as a woman or to qualify as a trans person, to qualify any, in, in any particular gender identity that you may have, it's really missing the bigger picture of what that's all about. And it is my deep belief that each person gets to decide ultimately for themselves what it means to be the gender that they are. I wouldn't bar somebody from having their own measurement or their own yardstick for assessing their gender or their gender presentation. Perhaps to some extent, all of us do that, or certainly a lot of us do that in one way or another. We use these measures to keep a sense of how we're presenting, to keep a sense of how we're feeling about ourselves, whether it's the way that we're dressing, whether it is certain attitudes that we ascribe to our gender, whether it is the circles that we run in, the people that we socialize with, the beliefs that we have. I think that we all make these measures for ourselves. But I think that that's the beauty of being a person who's in conversation with your own identity, is that you are ultimately the person who gets to decide what that means for you. Speaking as a man, the notion that anybody else would tell me what manhood means for me is ridiculous. It's not going to fly for me. I don't accept other people's notion of what manhood means. Frankly, they just don't get to decide what it means for me. And I'm deeply skeptical of anybody who wants to tell me or who wants to tell anybody what manhood is or what manhood should mean. And so I don't think there's enough about it. You can't put a quantity on it. It's like asking somebody, how human are you? They're human. They are. If you have your own yardstick for how human people can be, uh, you know, okay, but it's, you're working with an incomplete picture there. So I just want to reinforce, no one gets to tell you whether you're man enough. Nobody. But it doesn't end there, obviously. I mean, as men, we've been putting up with this all, all of our lives. And it really cuts deep. It really gets under our skin. It really gets into our psyches in these insidious and damaging ways. 
I've really been dealing with it lately in my own life. I have been coming up against these various areas where I'm feeling insecure about my performance, about my ability to show up and do various things. And some of those things, they are gendered to my manliness, to my manhood. I don't want them to be. I don't want to equate those things, but I do. And it's really the result of the way that I've been raised and the way that I've been treated mostly by other men in my life. But not just men. I've had plenty of women make comments to me about what it means to be a man or what a, a measure of manhood is or what a measure of good manhood is. I remember going to a dance. I went to a tango dance in the town where I live. And spoiler alert, I'm not a great dancer. I'm really not. So I went to this tango dance and I was kind of out of my element, but I just wanted to check it out. I wanted to give it a try. I've been trying to push my boundaries with dance. And so anyway, I go in and there's a person on the dance floor that I know, a woman, friend of mine. She comes up to me and she says, oh, Arjuna, come have a dance with me. And I very explicitly said, okay, I would love to dance with you, but just know I don't know anything about tango. This is literally the first time I'm ever attempting to dance tango. And she said, oh, you'll be fine. You've got this. Just go with the flow. So we get out there and we start dancing and I'm not very good at it. It's tricky in a lot of the formal dance world as a man not knowing how to do it because there's this very gendered bias, there's this very gendered expectation in the dance world that men are supposed to lead and women are supposed to follow. That can be a really annoying, frustrating, demeaning even experience for either person on either end of that dichotomy. And I know for me, as a man, it has been a deterrent for me to want to dance because I feel like there's not a lot of room for me to make error, especially if I'm dancing with a woman who expects me to know what I'm doing. And I don't. It's a very intimidating environment in which to learn. And so I was having this moment when I was doing this where I was, I was feeling really uncomfortable, like, oh, she is expecting me to lead. She's expecting me to know what I'm doing. She's expecting me to have some sense of what needs to happen, and I really don't. And so we were in the situation where she really needed to be leading me and helping me because she was a very experienced dancer. So she was noticing that I wasn't very good at it, and it was unimpressive to her. Like, she was getting noticeably annoyed. And at one point, she leaned in to me, and she said, It's about being a man. You've got to be a man to do this dance. In that moment, all I could hear was, You're not man enough. If you were man enough, you would step out here, and you would give me the dance of a lifetime. You would have some kind of assertiveness, some kind of presence, basically some kind of getting it right first time, making it look easy, having that kind of cocky confidence that men are expected to have in order to be man enough in that situation. It disgusted me. It took the desire right out of me to ever dance tango again. I shouldn't let one person have that kind of power over me. Maybe I will. Maybe I will again. But it was just an example of how insidious this is and how many people are walking around with these notions of what man enough means to them. It's just like any kind of sexism is present in all of us to some degree. 
Some level of misogyny is present in all of us to some degree. So too, I think, is present in all of us to some degree, this notion of who a man is or what a man should be and what man enough means. If you've been enjoying the Gentleman podcast, I'd like to ask you for your help. Growing a community and an online presence takes a lot of participation from listeners such as yourself to really help things take off. If you value this show and it has been meaningful in your life, help me out by doing one of the following. Leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. Recommending it via word of mouth to your friends and family is another massive way that you can help this podcast grow. Following on social media and liking the content, Gentleman Podcast is our Instagram handle. You can also find us on YouTube at Gentleman Podcast, three words. I really appreciate your help and your support. It's one of the things that will help me to keep making this content and to keep making it better as well. Thank you. This whole idea of performance anxiety is also something that I've really been up against a lot lately. I've been making some changes in my career and I've been experiencing a fair amount of insecurity around my finances. It's interesting to find myself feeling like I feel like this pressure to perform in that area of my life. And if I don't, there's some notion of it diminishing my manhood and who I am. And it's not a conscious thought process. It's not like I wake up in the morning endorsing that worldview. I certainly don't. I think it's ridiculous. But it still acts upon me. This is where it gets frustrating for a lot of men is that you want to escape this, but it's not so easy. It's not so easy to step out of your programming. It's not so easy to step out of how you were socialized. It takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of intention and a lot of, quite frankly, vulnerability to face your own assessments of what enough means, never mind other people's assessments of what enough means. And because so many of our deepest insecurities are centered around this enough concept that, you know, when it come up, it can just be crippling. It can be like kryptonite. You can lose your confidence. You can lose your grounding in the fact that you are worthy. Just being a person, just being alive, you deserve it. You don't need anything more than that to be a worthwhile human being. Basically, you are enough. You're already enough. Nothing needs to change to make you enough. Now, I'm not saying that people don't need to work on themselves. I'm not saying that at all. I think there are a great many things that a mature adult person needs to do in the world to be moving towards being a good person, to be moving towards being a helpful person. I think there's always more that we can do on that front. And this podcast is part of my effort to help with that. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to add my voice in whatever way I can to that conversation around helping people to envision a different way of being. But I just want to take a moment to really emphasize that right now, whoever you are, wherever you are listening to this, you are enough. Right now, you're enough. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to be anything else. You as you are right now, you are enough. If you're a man listening to this, you are man enough. You don't need more men. You're not falling short on the manhood front. You have it. You are it.
another area that a lot of men get hung up and something that I've really been getting hung up on lately is this idea of being enough in bed in sexual relationships. This is a huge challenge for so many men. And the real tragedy of it is that a lot of people, men or otherwise, have never really had the space or the encouragement in their lives to just stop and think about what do I want from my intimacy? What do I want from my connection and maybe my sexual connection with another person? So often people go into their engagements with people and they're, they're already playing a script. They already have an idea of what the other person wants from them or expects from them. And they already have a game plan. This is the way that I'm going to try to be. This is the standard that I already feel like I'm being held to. This is what good sex looks like to me. This is what sexual performance looks like to me. This can be anybody. There's this particular flavor of male performance. There are all of these ideas. There are all these ideas about how long a man should last in bed, how big a man's penis needs to be in order to be big enough. There are these ideas about how aggressive a man should be in bed to be sexy enough. There are weird ideas about how athletic a man needs to be in bed, what kind of positions he can sustain, what kind of sexy, edgy things he's capable of doing. And although I am not necessarily a critic of porn, although there are many, many, many things about porn that I think are really horrible, I will say that a lot of these ideas of what being man enough in bed are shaped by is really the porn industry, is watching these professional sexual athletes go about having sex in a very contrived way and in a way which is high in particular kinds of performance. And for the average man watching that, boy, it's hard to live up to. You know, I mean, a lot of these men, they get to decide how long they have sex for. A lot of these men are chosen for the roles because of their physical attributes. And so if you're measuring yourself against that yardstick, you know, I mean, anyone measuring themselves against a porn star, that's a tough one. It's hard to keep up with that kind of performance, no matter who you are. What I want to highlight here is that not only is there a tragedy in comparing yourself to either someone that you're witnessing or just to an idea, not only is there that kind of tension, that kind of expectation, that kind of dissonance or not being enough, not measuring up, but there's also a lack of a conversation around what do I want? What do I want from this? What does enough look like for me in my intimacy? If I'm coming out of this encounter, what does enough look like? That conversation is not happening for so many people. And it's not happening for men who are really caught up in what these cultural ideas or expectations are around how they should be. And, you know, when you're hung up on performing, how can you really relax, really connect with another person, really be lucid in the experience? It's almost antithetical to pleasure. It's like, how can you really get into it if you're tense and if you have a goalpost set, if you have a quota you're trying to fulfill? How much joy are you really going to get out of that situation? Never mind having an honest conversation with somebody else about what they want. 
so many times people are entering into this strange negotiation in sex or in intimacy where they're going into it with some idea of the way that they have to be and perform and also some idea of the way their partners have to be and perform. And then if the other person's doing that too, oh, what a weird negotiation that is. A lot of people get hung up here and I think it's a real tragedy because I think so many people, if they really stopped to have an honest conversation about what they liked or what they wanted or what success looked like to them or what enough looked like to them, I think you'd find surprising things. You'd find it was very different than what you had thought. And maybe you would find that you yourself actually had very different ideas when it comes down to it about what's enough for you in that situation and what you want out of that situation. And I think this goes for performance anxiety in general, in whatever area of your life. It's good to have goals. It's good to have something that you know you'd like to get out of it, especially if, if you've really been honest with yourself and you know that that's something that really matters to you, that's valuable to you, then absolutely, that's very important. But if you're acting unconsciously out of other people's expectations, or maybe even your society at large's expectations of who you should be or how you should be, it's crippling. It really doesn't give you much room in which to move. So the concept of being man enough, I really want to take the sting out of that. The only time someone's ever going to use that phrase with you about being man enough is if they're trying to cut you down. If they're trying to goad you or challenge you into doing something, it's backwards and wrong and it's terrible. I don't stand for it. And I hope that you listening to this won't stand for it and will speak out against it when you hear it. It really reinforces a toxic side of masculinity whose time is, has come. It's overdue that we stop framing things in this way and that we stop measuring people's value by their manhood and stop measuring their manhood by weird things like sexual conquest, earning power, and swagger, capacity for violence. None of these things should ultimately be shackled up to someone's notion of their own self-worth as a person. So I really encourage you to just remind yourself every once in a while, take a minute, and just remember, I am enough. Right here and now, I am enough. I don't need to be or do anything else to be enough. And likewise, to try to remember that the people in the world around you are also enough. They're all doing their own versions of enough. They're all struggling with whatever it is that they're struggling with. And, and imagine how crippling it would be for them to feel like they weren't enough either. We've got to start thinking on different terms because a gender is not something that you can have a scarcity of. It doesn't work like that. I look forward to connecting with you next time. Bye-bye.